Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Coming up, Disney tries to reclaim rights to Star Wars movies. The Christopher Robin movie is banned in China. And the team discusses virtual reality rides in theme parks. All that plus news, roundtable rapid fire, and much, much more. From the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 1002 for the week of August 7th, 2018. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. Let the experts at Dreams Unlimited Travel help you plan the perfect Disney, Universal, Cruise, or Adventures by Disney vacation. Follow us on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. Um, My name is John Magi, and I'll be your host. Obviously, Pete is not here again this week. He has extended his stay out in California. They're getting some Disneyland content and having a good time, I assume. Uh, I'm sure if we follow Pete on social media, we will find all the great things he's doing and the places he's going and how much better his life is than yours. Like looking at a condo. He's looking at a condo No, I'm I'm just guessing. I was going to say, you know more than I do. I had not heard that. Um... So, yeah, so uh, hopefully he'll be back next week to host the show. But in the meantime, I am joined at the table by Teresa Eccles. Hey. Kevin Close. Hi, everyone. Steve Porter. Hello. Corey Martin. I'm just happy to be here. And our producer, Craig Williams. Mello. Oh, again, thank you guys for being here and helping me out with this. Um, we've got a jam-packed show for you. Well, first of all, I want to say we're happy that Teresa was able to join us today. As you know, Teresa had some surgery, and she's feeling better. At least she could travel, so I made her come to the show today. I'm here, first day out. Excellent. Reading Just the for news. you. Just for you, John. What kind of painkillers are you on, Teresa? I don't know. I can't read the label. <laughs> That's <laughs> great. All right, Judy. I want one. <laughs> it's all good. Some of them wake her up. Some of them put him to sleep. <laughs> she has a dream. She can't sleep. Excellent. Um, we're going to do some housekeeping before we get started. First and foremost, I want to mention that we're still doing our fundraiser for Give Kids the World. We're trying to raise $100,000 for Give Kids the World. Um, there is a first giving site up that will be in the show notes page. I know that we're still quite a ways from our goal, so please, anything you can uh, contribute would be wonderful. This is an excellent cause. We talk about Give Kids the World all the time and the great work they do. Um, do we have a total of where we're I'm at? I'm trying so to pull it up. I'm, we're I'm having tethering some, right now. <laughs> yeah, we're having some internet issues here in the studio, so uh, internet's not working that great. But uh, please... We want you to give some money to give kids the world and help us send needy kids to Disney. We were at sixty five thousand nine hundred and eighty so that's, far. That's pretty great. That's pretty great. Like two weeks or three weeks. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, but we still have a ways to go for sure. Um, that's all I have for housekeeping. Anybody else have any housekeeping? Craig, you look like you want to say something back there. I was going to say uh, we could reach our goal very quickly if we can just get seven people to donate. Uh, you know, five thousand dollars or so. That works. What are you going to do for that? <laughs> Nothing, but just doing math. Hmm. Craig's good at that. <laughs> Seven people donating $5,000 each. 
Nice. All right. Or 5,000 people donating $7 each. Okay, let's stop. I'll say this. To all the teachers out there, <laughs> I'm sorry math. that your summer is over, um, but I'm happy that your summer is over. Is, <laughs> is over. Kids going back to school. I'm amazed. Now it's y'all. Now it's I'm amazed at how early kids in Florida go back to school. I always go back Friday. That's crazy. Friday? Why Friday? Yeah, what? And then it's the weekend? Seminole County. Oh. Still, it goes back Monday. Excellent. Kevin, did you have something you want to talk about for an Adventures by Disney? The spaces have filled up. Yes, but that's my rapid fire. Oh, that's your rapid fire. Now I won't have a rapid fire. It's up to you. What would you prefer? Um, I'd like you to come up with another housekeeping right now. You gonna do it? Yeah. You can have my rapid fire. No, that's, no, that's okay. okay. I'd much rather you did it. All right, let's move on then. We're done. Do you with, want me to do this? We're done with housekeeping. No, we're talking about another rapid fire. Wait, you didn't ask me if I had housekeeping. I apologize when I said, "Does anyone else have any?" I assumed you thought that meant you. But well, I was waiting for you to finish chit chat. Teresa, do you have any housekeeping? I want to thank everybody for their well wishes and their things that. The flowers and goodies, and some people sent me things, John. But <laughs> I continue to send you a paycheck. <laughs> I think I win. <laughs> okay. Anyway, it's been a long week, and I'm out of the house, so it's all good. If you send flowers to Teresa, she'll send you a pain pill in return. Oh, wow. There you go. That's a good deal. No, I'm not sure that's legal. Steve, do you have any housekeeping? I don't. Corey, will you have any housekeeping? I just said it. Happy um, school soon. All right. I didn't. I think I have to go around the table from now on and pry it out of people. All right, so we're going to move on to the news then. And Teresa, thank you so much for reading the news for us this week. I Lord cannot wait. Lord, help me. For Teresa okay. to read the news. Okay, I printed it all out and I read it ahead of time. And she phonetically spelled out names. Shut up. <laughs> oh, man. This is going to be great. I hope these aren't sad oh. stories. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love this already. Okay, we ready? Craig, are you ready? Is the camera on me? <laughs> Still has been. <laughs> Okay, let's go. Let's do this. It's the camera. Do you see there's a monitor over there? We can see what see the it. cameras on. Got my okay. reading glasses on. Garland, just read the news. <laughs> like my mother. Okay. Story number one. Disney's new streaming service gives Ricky Strauss creative oversight. That's not how you pronounce his name. Shut up. That's Strauss. <laughs> You're doing fine. As many know, Disney is... Really- <laughs> Disney's is the way you wrote it, right? I did not write these. D- okay, just let me do this. Okay. Disney is rolling out a new streaming service similar to Netflix that is making waves in the entertainment industry. Following that pattern, Disney has surprised Hollywood once again by assigning Ricky Strauss creative oversight of programming as president of content and marketing for Disney's streaming service. Rising through the ranks at Disney, Strauss now has the authority to develop the service's strategic content vision and greenlight new TV shows and movies. Strauss, president of marketing for Walt Disney World for the last six years, has a strong background in promotions with past advertising experience at TriStar Pictures and Columbia Pictures. During his time at Disney, Strauss has helped develop films into box office smashes such as Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Black Panther, Beauty and the Beast, and Inside Out. The surprise comes as a result of his past production history, which has also overseen box office misses like Go and Fair Game, especially since the streaming service is deemed a make-or-break plan to solve Disney's television viewership problems. 
Although most of Hollywood is shocked by the decision, Kevin Feig, right? Feige. Or beige, if I look this way. Feige. What? Feige. It is not. Yes, from Marvel. Good Lord. We'll just call him Kevin. Has endorsed Strauss as hugely supportive of storytellers and displaying creative instincts and expertise. Strauss has been responsible for hundreds of millions of dollars in production and have to navigate original content in addition to Disney, Maystays, Marvel, Lucasfilms, and Pixar. For instance, Strauss will oversee the upcoming live-action Star Wars series directed by John Favreau. Got that one right. The streaming service... Specific show will cost roughly $100 million for 10 episodes, raising the stakes for Strauss and the service performing performance. Other original content includes Timmy Failure, a best-selling book series-inspired boy detective mo- movie directed by Oscar-winning Tom McCarthy. This film has a budget of $45 million. So far, Strauss has, Strauss has recruited top directors and producers for the service's original content at a time when Apple, Amazon, and Netflix are stealing the best talent from traditional TV. However... He will also need to ensure the service's programs appeal to a wide range and position it as an entertainment leader in an increasingly crowded market. Excellent. Discuss. Discuss. (laughs) All right. I do not know anything about this gentleman, so I have no comment as to whether he'll be a good fit for this. Do you guys have any background on this person? I I think that we can raise a lot of money if Teresa records bedtime stories. I really would like that. Can you do I, that? Stay focused. I don't, Rabbit. I don't know much about the guy, but I do know, uh, kind of going along with this story, that one of the decisions that was made with the streaming service already that is that there's going to be no R-rated movies. Uh, and that was kind of coincided with this story. And I feel like that's an interesting move by Disney because it kind of leaves an opening for... And I feel like this was kind of Disney's, uh, you know trying to go against Netflix to see what they how they could compete. And I feel like leaving out R-rated movies is such a huge section of the movie population, the viewers, that it'll Especially be interesting to see how that works out. Especially since there's parental controls out there. There's yeah. no reason to assume that, you know, a parent can't go in and decide what content's right for their child. You know, to assume that up front seems a little brazen. Go ahead. No, well, the, the another aspect of it, though, is that when the Fox deal actually goes through and it's complete, Disney will have majority stake in Hulu. And that, of course, you know, while it's mainly used for television, new television, uh, it also does have a bunch of movies on there and it always has the ability to, to show movies on there. So I'm sure with their controlling stake of Hulu that if they were really looking for an outlet to show R-rated movies that mm-hmm. they could maybe finagle it through that so they could keep their standalone streaming service as friendly as possible. But then Hulu gets all of that you know the same way they they started with touchstone and stuff in the 90s when they wanted to branch out into my camera keeps going out so i apologize i can't do anything about it now we already started but um but yeah it's they they do have options around they they will create their own options but hulu is a different uh subscription right yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. how many i mean we have we have netflix we have amazon mainly amazon prime mainly Mm -hmm. for um shopping but we have movies how many Subscriptions? Are you willing to? Well, I, I also have a have. question. Disney's never put out an R-rated movie under the Disney title, have they? No, no, no. It was Touchstone and mm-hmm. um, Miramax, yeah. Miramax, and things like that. So I don't see that as being unusual that their streaming yeah. service would, especially under the name Disney, would 
continue on with Family well, Fair. And that's the issue that everyone kept looking past with the whole Fox deal is, oh, they're going to get this huge library of all these Fox movies and they're going to get stuff like Alien and then they're going to be able to show that on there. Um, it's, again, I don't, while Disney wanted the library to have and to hold, I, I think that it does, it's just, it was such a bigger thing, especially when you look at the sky aspect that we've been talking about it too. I get also Fox. wonder too, going, going on, I wonder if somewhere along the line there'll be an antitrust suit with Hulu I don't know. I mean, we're talking about a very gray area now with streaming services and pay services. But someone might come along and say, listen, you can't have these a majority interest in Hulu and do your own stuff. So they may just license yeah. that out to other companies. Uh, Another way to make money. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to watch regardless. But in terms of Corey's question on how many subscription-based services you, can you have uh, – a lot. Mm -hmm. I think people are going to keep stockpiling on that until it gets to the part to the uh, the same price as cable, which is the whole reason why all these people cut the cord. We we, we still have not cut the cord. <laughs> I think I think Craig just did. <laughs> well, it appears that I have wet my pants. <laughs> oh. And you all thought it was going to be me. You did. I what, wet your pants or I the cause of Teresa? Craig wet his pants. At least it's not on the soundboard. That's true. So. <laughs> I was reading something along those lines um, that talked about how you can completely get rid of cable. But the problem is, for me personally, how many things do I want to have to do to find what I want to watch? We do. We have all of those things because there's like one show on each of those services that I want to see. And I'm but at the point where if I want to watch something other than what we left the television on, when we walked away the last time, I have to call John out of another part of the house and say, will you put this back to where it used to be? <laughs> right, exactly. So, But there are people who have said they're willing to do that to save the money. However, they understand that, or that they understand, they're realizing that it's kind of difficult now for them to watch television because they have to now realize, okay, now i got to switch over to this service. Sometimes it's a completely different uh, mechanism to get there. You know, a different box you have to use or your smart TV. So I love the idea that uh, there's so much content readily available to me. I really think that's great. I think it's a pain in the butt to have to jump through these hoops to do it right. and to, you know, have switched to this and switched to this and switched to this. There are, I watch you do things on our TV, and I think if he isn't here, I am <laughs> going to be able to listen to the radio. You're going to watch broadcast TV on an antenna. All right. Remember um, those days? Let's move on to another story, Teresa. Do you have another story for us? I do. Excellent. It's kind of along <laughs> the same lines. Okay, Edna. What? Story number two. Disney tries to reclaim Star Wars rights from TNT TBS for new streaming service. When the Walt Disney Company's new direct-to-consumer streaming service launches, there's going to they want a full roster of all their most popular intellectual property at their disposal to entice viewers. Don't mess with my cane. Okay. Um, it seems. It seems that the Star Wars franchise, Line. they caught themselves. <laughs> what? Line. With the... What are you saying? Like when an actor forgets their lines. Or something. Oh, okay. Lines. It seems that the Star Wars franchise, they've caught themselves in a bit of a bind. According to Bloomberg sources, Disney has recently made an inquiry with Turner Broadcasting about regaining the rights to Star Wars. Remember Ted Turner? Is he still alive? Okay, anyway. Squirrel. 
In, in 2016, the rights to broadcast the franchise films, both old and new, on their cable networks, including TNT and TBS, and online was sold to Turner for around $275 million. This deal extends until 2024. If Turner were to ent- entertain the idea of selling Star Wars back to Disney, one of Bloomberg's pe- people familiar with the matter says that would require compensation through financial considerations and programming to replace the lost film. Excuse me, the lost films. The Star Wars franchise has become one of Disney's most profitable intellectual properties, and when their streaming service launches in late 2019, they'll want full use of that content. It was announced last year that the direct-to-consumer service would feature a live-action series set in the galaxy far, far away, and just recently, a renewed Star Wars The Clone Wars was confirmed to return on that service. The practice of studios selling property selling broadcast rights to cable providers once their films leave theaters isn't uncommon, but as major media companies look to compete with the likes of Netflix by creating their own streaming services, deals like that will continue to become obstacles. Disney already decided not to renew a deal with Netflix, which gave the digital content provider rights to new releases and expire at the end of this year. Drop page. Do we know exactly what Star Wars films uh, TNT has the right to? Is it the first six uh, the first seven. Seven, wow. So okay. I'm not sure about Last Jedi, but yeah. I know for sure that uh, they're on TNT and TBS like all the freaking time All the now. time, yeah. they do, yeah. What year did they sell? She Was dropped the thing on the oh, floor. she dropped it on the floor. 20... Well, it's it's 20, till 2024. 24. I, don't, I remember that. No, 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 that's when it expires. But what in year 2016? They... Yeah, it was it was relatively recent. So okay. um, hmm. it's. Just always, it, uh, it's bounced around hands. Just like, does this like it happens. Does it? Does, is this so important to Disney? They have to have these movies and be the only one I, that shows it, or is it a matter of pride that now they should have control I, over them? I don't know if they need to be the only one that shows it, but I think it is necessary that it is on their streaming service because there's so mm-hmm. many Star Wars fans that are going to come to the streaming service expecting those. Now that Disney owns Star Wars, expecting it to be there, that yep, if I it's agree. not, they're going to be no. I think mad. it needs to be just them. Because that would draw people in. I mean, that would. You think Disney should have the exclusive rights to it, and no one else should be able to show? Yep, it's like oh. The Wizard of Oz, only on CBS. Remember? You know, you can go out and buy these movies for fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, but then you gotta no. Then <laughs> you can watch them whenever you want. But who does that anymore? Do people still do that? Just saying. Okay. I rewatch shows we buy on iTunes. If I buy a movie that I really like, well, I rewatch it. Yeah, but it. it's not. A hard little oh, disc. You could buy the Star Wars movies that way. I know. I bought some that way. It's just interesting that they feel the need to to go through this to actually get these back before 2024. But I don't know. Craig, I think there's other content. It depends on what they're going to sell the streaming service for. I mean, I wonder if it's going to be the same price as Netflix. They're going to have to com- I can't be imagine, a little lower than Netflix, in yeah. my opinion. I can't imagine it's going to be a huge difference between other streaming services, and I'm sure it's going to. I'm sure. I'm sure it's going to be um, different. John's Italian. I'm sure. I'm sure it's going to be tiered, so it'll be like a basic service for seven ninety five, and if you want HD or multiple ones, it'll be more money and things like that. Because Netflix is like that, right? The more yeah. whatever accounts you have, they offered yeah tiered service. Is that what that is? So if you want okay. HD movies and if you want more, more than one user. Yeah, that's what I was account. talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, for me with this, as long as Turner has the rights to show it on TBS and TNT, I don't 
I don't know why they can't work out an agreement in terms of the streaming side of it. So I I have a feeling that they would want to keep Star Wars on their channels because that's selling advertising space for a digital streaming service through uh, their apps and stuff. I can't imagine that Star Wars really produces money. So and in terms of Disney wanting to you know cut a cut a deal to make sure that it's only on their channels i don't i really don't think that matters anymore so it's just uh, the landscape has changed so so much it feels like it's a matter of pride for disney this is ours we're going to get it we're going to take it and this is going to be our thing for our streaming service it could be all right what else you have there Teresa? okay story number three Okay? She has a bear looking over yeah. her shoulder. Christopher Robin banned in China due to Winnie the Pooh memes. According to the Hollywood Reporter, what is your problem? Nothing. Nothing. According to the Hollywood Reporter, Christopher Robin has been denied release in China. While no confirmed reason was given, images of the Chris- Winnie the Pooh character is being blamed as people on social media have been using it as a symbol of the resistance in China with foes of the ruling Communist Party. Chinese leader Ji Changping. I don't know if that's right. Is that right, y'all? Just keep going. Sure. Comparisons between, Ping. yeah, Ping and Pu seem to have kicked China's censorship up a notch. And after last week's Tonight's host, John Oliver, mocked Ping's sensitivity over the matter, Chinese authorities blocked HBO. The Hollywood Reporter states that inside count. An insider counters that the decision likely to have to do with the size and scope of the film, given the foreign film quota and the fact that there are several new Hollywood tentpoles in the Chinese market right now. It's being said that the film losing the market in China won't likely hurt its take at the box office, as it's expected to make a solid debut in the U.S., with earnings somewhere between the high 20 millions and 30 million. Deadline reports that Deadline reports that Thursday night's preview already brought in 1.5 million. The only other film, Disney film, this year to receive a no from China was A Wrinkle in Time. So have you, you guys fans of Last Week Tonight with John Oliver? Do you yep. watch it? I watched it. In this After one. reading this story, I went and watched it's it. It's actually... It was a it, long It was a long one, huh? It was funny. Yeah. It's a funny thing. I mean, what happens is that people are using the likeness <laughs> of Winnie the Pooh with the president to sort of make fun of him, and he's very, very upset by this. And the right he's thing very is sensitive he's very it. sensitive about it. And the right thing to do is just ignore it, and it would go away. However, he's making a bigger deal about it, so they're doing it more and more and more. Um, yeah, I I can't imagine that. It's because there's so many movies in China. I think Winnie the Pooh would be huge over there. So I think oh, it's, it's a bear. Yeah, I think it's because the communists are stopping. I can't imagine how upset Disney is. Like. Your sensitivities are making us lose millions of dollars because I mean. Well, they I, should have called it ping and poo. You know, yeah. I'm not sure Their if fault. they're or better yet, pooping. <laughs> I'm not sure if they're concerned that much. Uh, China usually is a big thing with a lot of action movies. So, uh, like Fast and Furious, the reason why it crosses the billion dollar mark is not because of the United States. Believe it or not because of the Chinese. So, the Chinese um, market is huge, though. Well, yeah. Put, put Pooh in a fast car. Oh, uh, That would be <laughs> something sure. else. But Regardless no, of it, the genre, losing that market share is big. That's a lot of eyeballs and a lot of money that's being spent over there. Have any of y'all really, seen this movie? Is he really upset? 
The uh, ping poo ping jeep jeep ping ding. That, that yes, the whole story you read was about. I know, him but being I mean, upset. how do we? Who's who's saying he's upset? Is he on Twitter it's, tweeting no, about it's, it? It's like pretty big over there. It's a big thing where the, the people who the are against of him poo is verboten in China because of the president's sensitivity, sensitivity yeah. to the fact that people are comparing him to Winnie the Pooh. That he looks like Winnie the Pooh. That he acts like Winnie the Pooh. There's posters up of him and Winnie the Pooh standing side by side. Holding There's hands. no Hollywood star. Unless he's not Eeyore. Wow. So, it's a weird story. It's an interesting story, but... Did you see it, Craig? The movie? I did. Was it cute? It was, oh, no, you were just it was very that. charming. Was Ewan McGregor cute? <laughs> Ewan McGregor was fantastic. Was he? When, he always is, though. Like, once he's once he not great in anything. Well. Rouen Rouge? And I don't enjoy that movie, but he's still good in it. But no, it it was a very charming movie. Uh, it was it was really sweet. I don't think Disney expected this to be an opening weekend of seventy million dollars. So mm-hmm. everyone who's out there saying that it it's terrible and awful, it's it or the box office returns for it are terrible and office. It's not that kind of a movie. It's it wasn't made to bring in. The big bucks. I don't know why everyone just always assumes that if it's a if it's Disney, Universal, whatever, it's expected to make fifty million or more right away. But people are weird. Well, there's a big, there's a very big marketing campaign behind this movie. I don't know about you, but I can't you can't go anywhere without seeing them advertise for the movie. So they're expecting some return on their investment. I think, it's not a throwaway movie. Yeah, no, no, no. It's not a throwaway movie for sure. But I think the the big marketing push also came because it really was a situation where uh, the the movie felt like it wasn't rushed by any means. Like it's they've been promoting this movie for quite a while now, uh, not years and years and years like like some movies. But uh, it's I, there wasn't really a lot of hype at all for this going into it so i think that's where they kind of realized that i think there was i do i think a lot of places i seems everywhere yeah it seemed talk shows he was on a lot of talk shows and stuff like in the past three weeks but two three months ago Mm. when they want the hype to start begin uh you know when when they start thinking about okay pre-sales on tickets things like that well when you compare it to something like mary poppins which they're showing the, the commercial for at least once a week it seems and that's not coming out till December. I yeah. see what you mean. Yeah, they're they're really. I think with Mary Poppins, they're definitely taking that approach. But they also with Mary Poppins, I think they are expecting that one to to do gangbusters, especially also, with that a, December. They're releasing it at yeah. Christmas. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be a big big tentpole over the holidays. I have not seen sure. the movie, and I'm not going to judge it until I do. But I know watching like the previews, like to me, like Pooh looks a little creepy. Yeah, well, look at I, that I, picture I, the picture of him looking at that though, train. It's I haven't like, seen it yet. I can't judge. But he looks a little creepy. You know, I know he looks like a loved bear that's been in the woods. Yeah, it's. I will say this. It's. I think it's a good family movie, but uh, it's. It's more for. Uh, it's, it's kind of not really a on the nose metaphor for it, but a lot of the movie is based around uh, 
you know, getting older, spending more time working and not paying attention to your family and no. pushing them to the Lord, side. I'm never seeing that, that Marie. That's in the cradle. I'm never bringing yeah. your living. Oh no, it was, it was awkward sitting next to Kylie during the movie when it's like, can't you just spend this weekend with us? No, I have to work. And it's like, oh shoot, <laughs> this is this is an awkward. Uh, this sounds like a horrible experience. premise for a movie. I think <laughs> yeah. you should be working all the time. <laughs> your stuff there makes you feel guilty for working. Uh, so there are a lot of work moments. Work. Don't expect it to be like all poo all the time it's it's definitely it's a balance between uh like a live action dreary family movie and then, how's piglet doing it i love piglet piglet it, he's a character i'm not a piglet fan but oh you're not no i love piglet that's that's fine unlike the weekend i was sick it's not poo all the time apparently let's move on, Please move on. let's move on to rapid fire and I'm going to start with Teresa. Teresa, you're going to give us your rapid fire any second. I just know it. This will not take a long time. It won't. Do you have it? I have it. Hang on. All right. It's amid all the papers. What are the, what are the extra papers for? Up. You've been throwing paper all back here, and it's an ice skating rink. No. Okay. Are we ready? Still ready. Walt Disney World offering free dining bounce back offer for select dates in 2019. Folks who missed out on booking the free dining promotion that recently ended might be glad to hear that Walt Disney World Resort is offering a bounce back free dining promotion for limited dates in 2019. And the dates are May 28th to June 4th, June 28th to September 7th, and December 6th to December 24th. According to the brochure that's currently being left in the guest room, the offer is able to be booked through October 31st, 2018, and requires a minimum four-night stay along with four-day park hopper. Other exclusions may apply. Those who book a value or moderate resort will get the free quick-service dining plan. Those who book a deluxe resort or villa get the deluxe Disney dining plan. The following resorts are excluded from the bounce back offer. Guests can still book the 2019 offer if staying in one of these resorts in 2018. However, uh, exclusions are Art of Animation, Little Mermaid, like always, Art All Star Movies, French Quarter, Polynesian Bungalows, Grand Floridian Villas, Bay Lake Tower, all three bedroom villas, Fort Wilderness Campsites, and Copper Creek Villas and Cabins. There's a 200 refundable deposit required upon booking. In order to take advantage of the bounce back offer, guests must book from their resort hotel room telephone during their current stay. Detailed information can typically be found on a flyer left in the guest room. In the event you don't see the flyer in your room, simply dial extension 8844 for your in room from your in-room telephone. If you'd like to connect Dreams Unlimited Travel to your reservation, you will be given the opportunity to do so during the booking process. Cool. Not unusual for Disney to offer bounce-back offers. They do it all the time. I think the free dining one's unusual. I think this is an interesting way for, for Disney to Have sort of... Have they done this before? I don't remember I don't this. recall them doing a free okay. dining bounce-back, but I could be wrong. I will say this. This is... Interesting that they're going to do it this way. I wonder if it means they may not do a general free dining this year. I think this is the the new way. I think this is going to be the new way. I mean, they're already getting people that are they're already getting people not that are not in, in the resort. Mic. <laughs> yeah. Not only oh, not in the mic, but with a hand over. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pooping. Um, <laughs> so. Oh man, this has gone far. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I mean, I think it's great for people who are in the resort now. I think take advantage of this book next year. We always say, don't wait for a promotion. Always book and do it. 
as Teresa mentioned, um, you can book through Dreams Unlimited Travel. Just make sure you let your agent know when you get back because we don't always know when these rebookings get done. They don't always send us the confirmation. So just make sure that your agent knows that you rebooked in your room. All right. Thank you, Teresa. Moving on to Kevin. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah. We no, thank you. <laughs> oh, this okay. is going to go down as the biggest mistake I ever made. <laughs> having Teresa on the show this week, you gave me one of those two or three I, months ago, and it made me sick. Okay. Oh, okay. All right, rapid fire. Sorry, we're go, we're doing a Diz exclusive backstage magic December second second through December seventh of this year, two thousand eighteen, and due to some unforeseen illness, we have found a couple of spots open, and there were people who were interested in traveling with us. If you're interested, the pricing for an adult is $3,517 per person based on double occupancy. This works out to $7,034. A single guest is $4,349, and... There's space for a handful of people. So if you're interested in joining us and seeing Disneyland all dressed up at Christmas, Kevin at Dreams Unlimited Travel. I do have to give you the caveat that we are within final payment, so it means full payment at the time of booking. There is no payment plan at this point, but I do have the spaces available. And talking about bounce-back offers, ABD is offering a program now that if you rebook an adventure within 45 days of your completing your last adventure, ABD is offering $250 per person on international adventures and $150 on domestic. This is combinable with the Dreams Unlimited travel promotion. So if you're thinking, if you loved what you just did and you want to go again, 45 days, within 45 days, you get an extra, if you're two people, 500 bucks. Also, I want to say, if you're thinking about joining us in December, I am working on a very special guest. I haven't inked the contract yet, but we're going to have a very special guest. I just told us. our guide. I know who our guide is. And she is very, very, very excited about this. Does Pete know about this yet? That he's going to be the special guest? Does no? Pete know? Okay. Maybe not. I think if he stays out in California, sure, why not? <laughs> be easy. Well. Thank condo. you, Kevin. Just so you know, just so anybody knows, Pete is not booked on this trip. John and I are. Thank you, Kevin. Moving on to Steve. Yes, so the Pro Bowl is set to return return to Orlando this year, uh, which means they will be back at the ESPN Wide World of Sports. Uh, the week leading up, they do special youth activities up to high school range of um, the athletes interacting with the kids. Um, they do special like throwing competitions and running competitions. So they'll be back. I know they did this last year, and people seem to enjoy it. So excellent! That area of property is a mess. With the construction, it's incredible how much construction is going on over there. You can't get through there at all. All right. That was my contribution to the sports (laughs) discussion, talking about traffic. Thank you, Steve. Corey? All right. According to the Disney Parks blog, the popular barbecue chain Four Rivers will soon have a food truck coming to Disney Springs. The new uh, establishment will be called 4R Cantina uh, Barbacoa Food Truck and will be located at the Disney Springs Marketplace beginning late August. Look, I'm not Spanish. I can't roll my R's. Barbacoa is as good as I can get with that. Um, The food truck will serve barbacoa-style menu uh, derived from the culinary culture of Mexico City. Guests will be able to find taco cones, burrito bowls, and even vegetarian options like the squash blossom burrito. If y'all don't know what Four Rivers is, it's a a very popular family-owned 
um, barbecue place here in Florida. I think we have 14, 13 to 14 locations. There's one right down the street uh, from our house, but it's incredible. Their brisket is their pulled pork and their cheesy grits and they have like oh the brands are awesome they're closed on sunday too are they so i either crave four rivers or chick-fil-a on every sunday and they're both closed i gotta tell you i think i'm the only person who doesn't like this you don't you like like it? it first of all they serve you your food on like old newspaper they slop it to you like you're a pig in a stall don't, I hate wow! I never. Last time we were there, John went up and said, "I want my food on a plate," because <laughs> it comes on like an, a metal tray with a piece of wax. Paper. I've never been there, but I have. Del- they have it delivered all the time. Oh, all right. Yeah, when you dine in, it's usually served on like a piece of wax paper on a tray, and I just, it's off-putting and unappetizing I, to me. It's standard barbecue practice, but it is, uh, it is the <laughs> most. No, it's not. You can go to Sunny's and you get a plate. Eh, Sunny's is a chain restaurant. So is Four Rivers. Yeah, but it's, but it's a local chain, family-owned. Sunny's originally was from Florida, too, if I remember correctly. But they've gone into the more of the, let's try to be, uh, Texas Roadhouse, Smoky Bones, all that type, where Four Rivers wants... No, it's not. I, I ate there two weeks ago. I agree to disagree on that. I Sunny's is over commercialized. That's they made too many stores and then they started failing. Uh, Four Rivers is still expanding. They're up in Georgia now, and uh, it's extremely popular here. Uh, the The food quality's decent uh, for barbecue. You know, it's not it's not going to beat your Texas barbecue or even mm-hmm. even um, you know some people like North Carolina, Kansas. Uh, everyone has their own fan. Is their own fan still of give different me a type. I can still have a plate. John. It doesn't have to be served like slop in front of the pig. I'm sorry. It's, I <laughs> I've never dined there, so I, I usually get to go. Like, Comes in foil. One of my birthdays, I don't eat cake or, or sweets, so I asked Julie. Why do you always have to say that? No, because it makes me feel bad. I, I'm it is hateful, I'm connecting it? It's it to hateful four to rivers. us cake eaters. I'm connecting it to Four Rivers. So what Julie okay. did, she pre-ordered a leg of lamb for me from uh, Four Rivers. And so that was that was my birthday. That's sweet. A whole leg of lamb. I couldn't even. You two found each other then? I know, right? I think I think it's cool that there'll be two barbecue places now at Disney Springs. You can go to Plate Pig or this food truck. So people yeah. will compare the, which they like best. And it looked but, like this place was at least doing stuff that was more like you could handle it. Yeah. Like it was more handheld foods that were more. This portable. this is different. Don't go to don't go to the food truck once it starts thinking that you're going to get the same exact thing that you would get if you go to a Four Rivers. If you want if you want to try our barbecue, you need to go to an actual store. Uh, they started doing their barbecueables this summer, uh, really launching them out. And I guess I guess they did well enough that they wanted to expand the concept. I don't remember them ever from any other time past, but. Uh, this isn't gonna. You're not gonna just get your brisket on a plate, anything like that. This is gonna no be plate. the specialty menus. You never get it on a plate, but um, so <laughs> throw a hissy fit like I did. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> no, but I like this stuff in a cone. And he did. He stumped back you, up there with his metal tray and said, "Put this on a plate." Plastic silverware, do you? Oh, absolutely, I do. Absolutely. Really? Yeah, I'm fine. I don't, I'm not that particular. This to me, this was just. Unappetizing the way they presented it to me. Well, it's not the like store. they threw it in a trough and told you to pull up. Kind of felt that way. It's on a metal tray with a piece of wax paper, so everything's on that same piece of wax paper. It's and you get. But you're eating on your own wax paper. I usually eat it on my lap while I'm driving home. <laughs> and Julie's like, "Where's the brisket?" What happened was <laughs> all you got was burnt. It evaporated. <laughs> all right. I'll I'll let that go for now, but we're coming back to that on a later show. Thank you, Corey. 
Craig, your rapid fire, please. Okay, so there is a new special uh, event happening for this month, the uh, Shop Disney. They're launching their new Disney Stores Sleep Shop Hotline, so you can get messages from uh, Mickey and his friends by calling one eight seven seven dash seven mickey and i guess uh mickey will talk mickey or minnie or donald uh i think goofy's in on there too they'll talk to you right before you go to bed um i debated on calling this last night but i i decided to back off on that what do they say to you i don't know i'm too afraid to call it for the show and have them call i'll call people before they go to bed and talk to i wonder if you can call right now (laughs) that's illegal Teresa. she'll call seven people for five thousand dollars each that's called taking ambient (laughs) i'll talk them to sleep i have a friend who used to take ambient and she would call me up and have hour-long conversations, and the next day I would call her and say, do you remember this conversation? I didn't have a clue. So you're calling it now? I am. <laughs> I think Craig is, too. I think part of the, the one of the things that they do at Disney is they have Mickey call the room and things like that. I think it's very popular. People love it. So I think this is kind of a cool idea. Can you play it over Can, this? Yeah. Make sure a grown-up is with you. Do we have a grown-up Yeah, we do. Uh, (laughs) Teresa's here. Here we go. So exciting. Hiya, pal. It's me, Mickey Mouse. Oh, I sure am glad you called. Gosh, you must be getting close to your bedtime. I bet by now you've brushed your teeth and gotten into your pajamas. Well, that's great. Pluto and I just finished brushing our teeth, too. Tonight... I think I'll read Pluto his favorite story. It's about a brave dog who helps a lost bunny rabbit find his way home. Well, it's time for Pluto's nighttime walk, so I'd better go. Good night, pal. I hope you have sweet dreams. Well, that's kind of adorable. Hang on, listen to this one. I'm surprised at how long it was. And finally, I had dinner with my best friend, Minnie Mouse. I am so tired. I can't wait to go to bed. Oh, it must be your bedtime, Who's too. This? Let's go it's to Daisy. It's a, yeah, it's awful, awful three. person. All right. Well, good night, my friend. Bye-bye. She went shopping and was tired. But what character was that? Sounded like Grandma. That, that, was, that was supposed Daisy. to be Daisy. Oh, that was Daisy. Sounded like my grandmother. I think it's really cute. I think it's a great idea. It's. I'm surprised yeah. at the length of the message. Yeah, it's great. You get a lot for that. Yeah, I mean, I guess we just ruined Mickey. I don't know if it... Uh, we're not going to keep calling to see if it does uh, random messages around there. But uh, it's it's lasting through August 31st, so... So you didn't you weren't prompted for if you want Mickey, press one, if you want... Yeah, you yeah were. we were. Yeah. I, just, I just did Mickey right Mickey, away. Mickey, Minnie, Donald, and Daisy, right? Yeah. Well, really neat. Mm, can't cool. get your kids to brush their teeth. That's how you do it. Yeah, really. Cool beans. Or you just tell them to brush their teeth. Thank you, Craig. All right, we're going to move on to our discussion topic. Oh, so there was a, a fourth story in the news, and I thought about having Teresa read it, but then I thought we'd not have enough time. We'd have to go into a two-hour show. It just wasn't worth it. And I, But I actually decided it would make a really good conversation for the team, for the table, and it's about virtual reality in the parks. And I'm going to read the story, and then we can talk about if we decide if 
where it might go for theme park rides and theme park attractions. So there's a new patent. Shows Disney developing moving floors for virtual reality attractions. Disney's working on a number of ways to allow guests to enjoy full freedom of movement in an open virtual reality environment without accidentally walking into walls or other people. A patent application filed by Disney Enterprises, Inc. describes some unique technology systems that would make it possible for multiple users on the same platform to walk freely without ever leaving the space. The patent is titled Floor Systems Providing Omnidirectional Movement of a Person Walking in a Virtual Reality Environment. <laughs> and it references previous attempts by others to achieve this goal. Um, let me go ahead. The document describes a few solutions to the problem that other people have not been able to solve. A platform of small vibrating plates could be used. When something vibrates, it affects friction. A walking surface made up of individual working plates could vibrate on and off under a user's feet, moving on different axes. The system would be able to increase or decrease the friction as the user steps, catching the foot with friction or letting it slide over. The friction would be reduced with vibrations on the Z-axis or with ultrasonic transducers, la la la. Um, another system would involve small rotating discs instead of tiles. Each disc would be tight tilted to have a raised contact area with all the contact areas combined to, combined to form a planar cis surface so that's flat, it's not all up and down um, and there was another one but I lost that so uh, the existence of an application does not guarantee a patent's approval and approval an approved patent does not guarantee the technology's use uh, although a statement from Bob Iger has promised that Disney Parks will not add virtual reality attractions to their roster in place of traditional traditional ones that may not last forever so they have something like this at disney springs it's called the void where you can go in and do an interactive experience i've done that have you done it? i did yeah did you enjoy it was it cool i did once i realized that you know it was virtual <laughs> i mean no i did enjoy it it was it what was do you mean fun once you realized it was virtual okay so you know they they gear you up with all this heavy duty crap that you got to wear, and then you you you're walking a little bit from room to room, but it's you know it's virtual it's not real, but it felt I real. I guess I don't understand what you mean by once you realize it was virtual. Well, some things were real. Like okay, I don't want to spoil it. You've done it, right, Craig? No, VR makes me sick. Oh, anybody done this but me? Hmm. I have not done it. No, you're the only one. So did you? So I understand why. What happens is there's a physical environment, but the virtual reality makes it look like something else. Yes, you're so wearing, you know, so it yeah. it makes it look like something's happening, along with all the sensations you're feeling that are coming at you. So you, you. may walk somewhere and maybe have a door handle. Is well, that the door would open. Okay, and then it would show like a gangplank or what? Not a gangplank, but a you know. My, my first through. thought of like an attraction for this was um, like we, we've always talked about Figment going away and it, it'd be replaced with like an inside out attraction. Like if that was a VR attraction, you know, when they're running, there is so much. Oh, it would be amazing. With that, it would be amazing. If as your worlds was, fall apart. And right. I would you, love that. That would be cool. I, as a theme park nerd, I think it would be cool if they had a virtual reality experience where you could walk through like basically like a time capsule of the theme parks at different 
Oh, like, that would be to cool. To see what the Magic Kingdom looked like on opening day. Or like Tomorrowland, kind of a go through, mm-hmm. and it would be... Yeah. So no, but be- I enjoyed it. I, I We laughed our way through it. It was fun, you know, other than the fact that the person I was with kept shooting me, and I thought my thing was exploding, my little vest, but it was just being shot. I even think Stitch, Stitch's Great Escape, would be a, a fun thing if it was VR. So it sounds like you guys are okay with it. That they can put VR attractions in theme parks. I know think, people are upset by this. Why are they upset by it? Because a theme park should have physical attractions that you go on and be, you know, sort of, you know, the audio animatronic aspect of it and the ride aspect. I it think this be. just adds to it, just some another element to enjoy. I, I don't want the theme parks to be taken over by virtual reality experiences, but if there was one or two in a theme park and it was done right, then I don't have any problem with it. No. Because if you're going to do that, you could just put a theme park in an old warehouse. Right. But still, but I think it's, I think it's cool. I enjoyed the one I did. I enjoyed the Star Wars aspect of it because I like Star Wars movies. Sorry. I do enjoy them. And it kind of puts you there. And I like the fact that if they would do this with something, whatever, you know, property they want to do it with geared towards little kids or, you know, it could be something exciting. So you were in a physical space where you moved around. Just this, a little bit. Right. Yeah. But this is saying what you'd be is you'd be stationary and your feet would be on something that would simulate walking, maybe climbing. Almost like a treadmill, running. but it can go in every direction. Right. And this would work for people that, that couldn't go on the regular rides, too, for whatever reason, maybe. You know, if it was just... I don't know. If you had some sort of uh, physical um, yeah. impediment that made if it so you, you couldn't ride a roller ride. coaster yeah. or something like, have a virtual roller coaster. And then one day you can create your own avatar in it and you can be whoever you want to be. Okay. Mm. Yeah, that would be cool. Say more about that. Well, uh, I mean, let's say it could be in a, a big. Company that's funding it out of Columbus, Ohio, and uh, there's a big contest where you need to find different keys in order to eventually take over the company. Don't listen to him, John. He's oddly specific. Yeah, it's because literally it's from Ready Player One. So essentially, that's the whole idea. It's in virtual reality, and if you can upgrade your kit, your equipment to be good enough, then you can basically do whatever you want moving around on a treadmill style type thing. So it's essentially that. It's, so you're saying it's the plot of Ready Player One? That it, with what they're going for, it seems like they read the book and they're like, yeah, this is a good idea. We should start doing things like that. I I don't like virtual reality at all, though. I'm very, very much against it. So there's, there's you know, it's, there are things that with virtual reality, because it's a visual concept, there are people who have... Um, issues with their sight, I do, that makes it difficult to see it. So that's limiting those people. I would think with a platform like this would also limit people who have balance issues. So it's not Mm going to be for everybody. I don't really know what you're talking about, but the whole thing sounds like a tripping hazard to me. I was just going to say. The plates and the spinning discs and they're going to rise and fall. That kind of bothered me. The one I I went through, it happened right after I injured my knee. So I had the cane with me and I left the cane behind so there wasn't a whole lot of walking it was just i i don't know i enjoyed it spinning plates no there were no No. spinning plates there was just the kelly shooting me with her with her was there something over your eyes yes so you can't see where you're walking no but you're you you look at this you you were stormtroopers right i think i was a stormtrooper and i just you know you look at your own hand and it looks like 
I kind of enjoy that kind of a thing. I mean, so let's go back to some of the things that claustrophobic to me. I can't explain it. I, I think some people would not enjoy it, but I think some people would. Going back to what uh, Corey and Steve were talking about, so what other intellectual properties lend itself to this? Because I don't think you could, I think I agree. If they start doing this in every ride or, you know, everything is VR, people are going to go, this is a cop out. Mm-hmm. But what, what lends itself to but, but there are some there are some attractions like I know like I'm comparing it to fun spot but there there is a there is a roller coaster there where you have an option to either ride the roller coaster or use the VR or use VR while you're riding it so it, this could be an option where say you do uh, Space Mountain or uh, Big Thunder and you have an option to do it the classic way or the new way I mean, this obviously isn't tied to floors or anything, but if it does go that route, maybe people might choose the VR route. Yeah, might enhance the actual ride itself yeah. with something different rather than being the same ride over and over like again. Like it's a small world. I would love that. I could also Give me the VR. I could also see it with uh, Vanellope's being that Wreck-It Ralph is based in a video game. That would be cool. Like setting that it would kind of make sense to have virtual reality with a video game. Some things that are more fantastical and more sort of out of that they might not be able to do physically. Mm-hmm. They out could of do this in, realm. Mm-hmm. So you don't think it would work in the Hall of Presidents? Well, they could do it in the Hall of Presidents for sure. It's a, it's a slippery slope. Anything can be done. Yeah. VR and it can pull you into a world like you can't be in any other way. But then that's when you have to stop and be like, are we doing this too much? Are we going too far with Mm -hmm. it? And I am terrified that eventually that is going to be a reality where everyone needs that constant, they they need constantly being surrounded in a world that they're not actually in. Like, but, I do- but look at the average guest walking down Main Street. Nobody's looking at the castle anymore. Everybody's oh, no. looking at their damn phone. Yeah. All of us, me it, included. Yeah. It's, it's like you just sit there and watch everybody. They're like this. And they're like this. Yeah. We're already at that point. <laughs> and I know people like this, but I think this is a part of the problem is these now interactive cues. Whereas you don't even talk to the people around you anymore or your family. Now you're playing games on your phone and you're doing all this interactive stuff mm-hmm. on your phone. But I think if this is a ride where you're, you're going to or an attraction that you're going to, that's a little different because that's not walking yeah. down Main Street. That's you know being in a building or something like that. Kevin, what if they brought back the I Love Lucy attraction and made a VR? Would you do it? That's my favorite part of <laughs> Universal Studios. I try so hard to bring him in on the conversation. <laughs> I got to do something to bring yeah, him in. Yeah, you could be Move stomping grapes or shoving candy, virtual candy in your mouth. would be fun. They took that out of Universal Studios, and now it's just dead to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the complaints that people say about Universal is there's too many screens. So I think that's something that we're all concerned about. However, you were in Shanghai Disney, and you said the Pirates of the Caribbean was the best thing you've ever seen, and it was all screens. It was, yeah, I would say it was a good mix, though. It was about 60-40 screens and animatronic and see, set pieces. Attention. You did, you did. So I think where it's appropriate to enhance it, I think it's wonderful. But I wouldn't like it if the whole thing were like that. Yeah. Or if every ride were like that. Oh, no, absolutely not. Yeah, no. you, you got to have it where it's appropriate. And I think, you know, two or three rides at, at max in a, in a park. Because then you don't even, like, you wouldn't even have to walk from attraction to attraction. Couldn't you just go into one attraction and wait for them to show the or, next attraction? Or just be in your living room. Right. I mean, like, I see everybody, it's like WALL-E. I see everybody in a recliner with those things on their face, and they're just 
watching yeah. the attractions go by over and they over. They could sell packages where you wouldn't have to. Yeah, you could just I stay at home. The whole theme park could be one room, right? Right. You don't have to go and even you don't have to leave park. your hotel room. One of the pluses of this would be though space. That would be great in the rain. That would be good in the rain. There would be space. You know, this would take up much less space than, say, you know, a roller coaster or a dark ride or something like that. Um, but I don't know what kind of capacity it would have. You know, interesting to think about. Interesting to, to, to figure out what might work and what might not work. For folks at home, um, let us know. What do you think about virtual reality in the theme parks? Send us an email or post on the podcast board and tell us what your input is on that. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Um, would you do it if it were available? And what specifically do you think lends itself to virtual reality? Because I don't think you can do everything. I think that's silly. I like Steve's idea about maybe having, you know, a history of Walt Disney World or a history of Disney theme parks that you can visit and things like that. Also, when does it become too much? Like, should you have a virtual reality Walt? That you interact with? Ooh. We should have a uh, VR backstage magic. What do y'all think? Sure. As long <laughs> as they pay the same amount of money, I'm okay with it. <laughs> but yeah, should you interact with Walt? Is that mm. sacrilege that, oh my gosh, you're now bringing Walt to Can life? You smoke with VR? Yeah, this, has no. been, this conversation's been going on for a long time. We have to go back many years to uh, American Idol, and Celine Dion did a duet with Elvis, Elvis. Presley, and people were fatutzed over the fact that they did that and you think well is a is a dead celebrity still have rights would Elvis wanted to have sing with sung with Celine Dion so you know they st- I, this was a discussion last week about Carrie Fisher I personally don't think they should use her video actors make choices and when they when they act and she, th- those choices have been taken away from her right so by using her footage that was filmed in another for another movie now they're forcing it into a different situation just because mm-hmm. the company owns the likeness right. of Walt Disney and that's a different Walt story Disney. but then it's like you talk about Walt Disney are his rights taken away because he's deceased so I don't know that's what I feel about Tupac yeah, I know you'd be I know you'd be passionate about Tupac <laughs> All right, I think that's a good place to end this conversation. Again, we like your input. I'd like to know what you think. Um, what are you showing? There's me? a picture of me when I got oh, out of there. in the VR. Maybe we'll get that to Craig and maybe put that up in the show notes. Uh, again, thank you, everybody here, for uh, participating with me and part of being part of the conversation. Thank you, everybody at home, for listening and watching. Um, that's it. We hope you join us next week for another edition of The Diz Unplugged.